Welcome to Graveyard Shift. This is another single shot with Frankie Cambaletta. We can now be heard on Apple and Android podcast apps, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. We are also a part of the growing network on Podbelly. Visit them at podbelly.com. And lastly, the podcastmo.com, a podcast network right here in Missouri. As we kick off the Halloween season, I felt that I should give you something to think about, to tell others about the story of Charles and William. Although a true story, the identities have been hidden out of courtesy to the remaining family members. After the show, don't forget to rate us so we know how we're doing. Floor Venom begins now. They had moved into the old Victorian house with the spiraling staircase. It was massive, and for two young boys, it was an exploratory wonderland. Charles and William were only 13 months apart, so growing up close was definitely in the cards. Charles, the more adventurous one, and William, the cautious one. Together, it was a balance that both of them could enjoy and live with. Their father was a great businessman and could afford the luxuries of life. After all, what is the point of having all that money and not spending it? Their father collected rare art from around the world on his business travels. The sons anticipated the gifts and presents he would bring them. Some odd, some not practical, and some that scared them to death. The children had a habit of horsing around in the family house, and the fastest way out of the house on the weekend mornings was to slide down the banister that led to the foyer. It was a competition, after all. As the boys grew older and the house more astute with art and priceless objects, they found themselves sliding off the staircase into an abyss of Persian carpets, said to have been created after the likeness of the great military leader, Timur. Businessmen like their father who are successful enjoy antiquities, famed after military leaders, the art of war, Genghis Khan, and many other antiquities from the Ottoman Empire, the Persians, and who could forget, Alexander the Great. The boy's father, however, had a unique fondness for Timur, said to be the father and creator of the game of chess, which both boys became avid learners, and their father enlisted the help of tutors to get their chess game to the highest level. Strategy is a thing that he taught his boys, but of all the lessons, all the talks and gifts, one scared William more than most. Timur's carpet that lay at the foot of the staircase. Suddenly, the fun ride down the banister was a terrifying drop into an abyss of deadly snakes, dragons, and death. William had to mask and disguise his fear, because telling his father that he was scared of a rug meant that he was going to be looked upon as weak. So instead, he confided in his brother, his older, wiser, and adventurous brother. He said that he had a dream, that they were sliding down the staircase, and they landed on the carpet, and a snake was waiting for them on the carpet. The burning of the venomous bite and the agony was enough to wake him. As he woke from this nightmare, he checked on his brother and realized it wasn't real. But the mind can be so devastating that the minute fear enters it, it can be hard to banish it. His brother and confidant created a new game, one where you still slide down the banister, but instead of landing on the carpet, you have to jump right before you land to clear the carpet. Because if you land on the carpet, the snakes and dragons get you. William agreed with Charles that this was a clever game and in the morning, they would test it out. Well, 
As any child tries something for the first time, your nerves can get the best of you. And so, being the older brother, Charles went first. Down the slide and onto the carpet. Charles stomped it, waving his finger and taunting the snake. I beat you, oh great Timur. You see, William, even if you land here, there are no snakes. It was now William's turn. His hands were clammy, his face was white, and he was nervous as all get out, but his brother Charles believed in him. You can do it, William. You got this. William sat on the railing and slid down the banister. Faster he moved, angling his body so that he could jump, but he didn't anticipate being called to breakfast. It distracted him. He leapt too early, caught his foot in the railing, and fell headfirst into the carpet. They ruled it an accident, a misguided attempt to have fun. That turned into a devastating blow to the family and his brother Charles. William died there on the carpet of Tymore, and his brother Charles lived with the guilt his whole life. The premonition had come true, Charles thought. William was dead, and what remained was a brother that felt the full weight of that death. For years, Charles was recluse and abandoned all exploring for studies and work. He eventually became accepting of the events that led to his brother's death and moved on. He would become a professor of history at the local university, specializing in world wars. It seems inheriting his father's wealth and love for strategy was still in the cards. As a college professor, Charles invited guest speakers to attend the university and talk about world leaders, war, and conquering. When a guest speaker had some travel problems, an associate professor was able to talk about his thesis on military leaders and their cursed tombs. It was October, after all, and Charles was totally obliging. His students, it seemed, were excited about the topic. The associate professor threw up his first slide. It was no other than Timur. Charles immediately felt the cold rush of a ghost from his past, a world leader that for a time, when he was young, took the life of his brother. Without causing a commotion, and like his brother, masking his fear, he allowed the presentation to proceed without anyone catching notice of his heart racing and the beads of sweat on his brow. The associate professor proceeded in the tale of the great Timor, and how the once major prominent military crusader would destroy and kill over 17 million people with his might and will. He claimed heritage to Genghis Khan and wanted to bring back his legacy into his military campaign. Since Timor had a successful career as a conqueror, it was easy to justify his rule as ordained and favored by God, since no ordinary man could be a possessor of such good fortune, that resistance to it would be seen as opposing the will of God. After all, the Islamic notion that military and political success was the result of God's favor, even in today's world. After the amazing stories of conquering, the professor moved to detail of the Timor's cursed tomb. After waging war with Ming China, he captured a Ming envoy, but he then suffered an illness while encamped on the farther side of Siadaria and died February 17, 1405, before ever reaching the Chinese border. Timur's body was embalmed with musk and rose water, wrapped in linen, laid in an ebony coffin, and sent to Samarkand, where it was buried. His tomb, the Grey Amir, still stands today and has been heavily restored. Upon his death, the curse was put over his tomb, stating that whoever shall disturb it will face an invader far worse than himself. The curse was said to take effect after three days. 
All tombs have curses, including all Egyptian pharaohs, but the thing about Tamar's tomb was this. In 1941, under the command of Joseph Stalin, Soviet anthropologist Mikhail Gerasimov excavated the tomb for the general purpose of recreating Tamar's face. Three days later, after the excavation, the Nazis executed Operation Barabosa, invading the Soviet Union without warning. This resulted in some of the deadliest battles in human history and many Soviet defeats. Only after Joseph Stalin ordered the reburial of Timor did the tides of war change in favor of the Soviets, allowing them to gain the upper hand against Nazi Germany and push their forces west and turn the tide of the war in favor of the Allies. The classroom erupted with awes and oohs and Charles was struck with myth over logic. Was the carpet in his father's house truly the reason behind his brother's death? That the boarded up old Victorian house high on a hill near the university held answers to the secrets behind that fateful day. Charles inherited the house, boarded it up, covered the items with sheets, and never revisited, for it was an invitation to old wounds and emotions. But after the talk, he invited the professor back to the house to look at the carpet, and the professor graciously accepted the offer. The two walked into the room. Nature, it seems, had found its way into the house, and the once excellent home was beginning to show signs of a new personality. Ladybugs were keeping warm from the outside cold, and other wildlife could be heard nestling and running back and forth in the attic. Charles pointed to the carpet, which hadn't moved since the death of his brother, and the professor began to look at the threadwork and the beating. He looked up at Charles and said, This should be in a museum, not on a floor in some abandoned house. It's priceless. Where did your father get it? he asked. My father was an international businessman. Russia, India, some place like that. Well, Charles, this is definitely the right age and the thread work is on point. Whether this is a fake or not, it houses the great wars of Timor. Do you believe in curses, Charles? He asked, not realizing that he had lost a brother to the carpet. No, he said, I don't. I just have never liked that carpet. It always gave me the creeps. The associate professor confided that coincidence is also heavily afflicted with these cursed items. I'm sure it is more your preferred taste than an actual curse that makes you dislike it. After the professor left, Charles walked around the house and reminisced about what his life would have been like had he just told his father to remove the carpet. And then something occurred to him about the curse. That an invader far worse than himself would conquer. The mind, he thought. The mind is a powerful force, even against yourself. Fear-stricken individuals don't leave their homes or adventure. Fear can truly be an invader far worse than yourself. Charles climbed the staircase and slid down the banister and landed right on the rug. Three days later, his body was found on the carpet. Upon landing on the rug, a snake that was hiding from the cold bit him, and he died right where his brother said he would. You see, William never said it was him that died on the carpet from a snake bite. This episode was written by me, Frankie Campbelletta, and the amazing work being done by Scott Campbell on Listverse. From all of us here at Graveyard Shift, thanks for listening. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Android or any other device, please hit that rating and let us know how we're doing. 
Thank you so much, and we'll be seeing you.